Dear good people at Sherlock Investigations, I would very much like to contact Nora Ephron, movie director of the movie Sleepless in Seattle. I think she would be interested in what I have to say. The Sherlock employee who handled the note was Sherry Hart. Before she became a private investigator, Sherry tried to make it as a singer-songwriter and an actress. Her training in the dramatic arts now helps with the undercover work. She's handled hundreds of cases for Porteous, and as she read over Lyle's email, she thought, here we go, another whack job. She wrote him back, we would not be able to give you a famous person's address. If you want to write a letter to Ms. Efron, we would deliver it to her ourselves. The fee would be $495. Proceed? Proceed. Lyle's check and letter arrived shortly after. Porteous handled the letter with caution, as if it contained a nuclear code. He held the envelope to the light to examine it. He rotated the edges. He peered through the fibers of the paper and checked the pockets for powders. The note was clean. He read it. Lyle's letter to Efron was a pitch for a movie. Lyle wanted to base the film on the life and times of a person he knew. The language was vague. The person he knew was quiet and shy. Bashful was Lyle's word. And Mr. Bashful also happened to be a culprit to a major unsolved crime, Lyle said. He also suggested a title for the film, The Bashful Man in Seattle. A tip of the hat to Nora Ephron's blockbuster, Sleepless in Seattle. Reading the bizarre note, Porteous did not attempt to understand it. He wasn't getting paid to understand it. He hailed a cab to Ephron's building on Park Avenue and approached the doorman. Nora Ephron live here, he said. Yes, the doorman said. Porteous placed Lyle's envelope in the doorman's white-gloved hands. He then hailed a cab home. Easy money. As the weeks passed, Lyle Christensen was patient. Did Efron know he was a retired civil servant living on little income and paid so much money to send her a note? Efron's films were so warm and tender. How could she be so cold and rude as to not respond with a note of her own? In her home on Park Avenue, Efron did receive Lyle's letter. She saw his note on her kitchen counter and maybe later in the office. Or did it land in the wastebasket with her junk mail? She couldn't be sure. The note disappeared. In Morris, Minnesota, Lyle was flustered. He decided to write Efron another letter. Did she not receive the first one? Would Porteous deliver it for him? Whatever the fee was, he'd pay it. Porteous was baffled. Why was Lyle so desperate to reach Nora Efron? And what was he talking about when he said he knew a person connected with a famous crime? Which crime? And how famous? In emails, Porteous prodded for more information. The old man was cagey. He wanted to tell his story to Nora Ephron, give her the exclusive. But Ephron never wrote him back. Finally, Lyle gave up. He told Porteous everything. Lyle's hunt started on television. Flipping around the dial, he settled on the program Unsolved Mysteries. The topic of the episode was D.B. Cooper, the famous hijacker who in the fall of 1971 parachuted out of the back of an airplane with $200,000 stolen cash and was never seen again. D.B. Cooper had become a famous American outlaw, the legendary Robin Hood of the sky. The subject of poems and ballads and rock songs, D.B. was up there in the crime annals with Billy the Kid, Bonnie and Clyde, and Bigfoot. D.B. Cooper, where are you now? We're looking for you high and low. With your pleasant smile and your dropout style, D.B. Cooper, where did you go?
His identity is a mystery. For four decades, agents, detectives, reporters, treasure hunters, amateur sleuths, and others have quested for clues that might reveal who the hijacker was. But no effort has yielded definitive results. Cooper remains only a face, seen in sketches composed by FBI artists. And what a face! Lyle Christensen perked up in his chair when he saw it. The face was familiar. The receding hairline, the thin lips, the sloped forehead, those perky ears, the smile, that mischievous smile. A cold and queasy feeling swept over him as he looked at that face. Could it be? It could. Lyle wrote to Porteus, Yes, I knew the culprit personally. He was my brother. The P.I. looks discouraged as I slurp up the garlicky broth at the bottom of my bowl of mules. Cooper? Sky Pirate? Never heard of the guy. Name's alluring, though. D.B. Cooper. It's fun to say out loud, D.B. Cooper. Has a royal ring, a rhythm. With those stately initials that look so good in history books. J.P. Morgan, D.H. Lawrence, J.S. Bach, D.B. Cooper. Back at the office, I look up the case. The headlines continue 40 years later. Vanished into thin air. The perfect crime. The world's most daring criminal. Cooper was a genteel thief, according to legend. He wore a suit and tie. He was polite, caring even, to his hostages. He developed his own cult following. On the anniversary of his crime, in the forests of southwest Washington state, where many believe his parachute came down, Worshippers toast his feet and keep the legend going at a party that's been running for 40 years. He comes off as a kind of curious Robin Hood, a sociologist said, taking from the rich, or at least the big and complex. It doesn't matter whether he gives to the poor or not. The symbolism of the skyjack was one individual overcoming, for the time being anyway, technology, the corporation, the establishment, the system and the posse. Cooper spurred one of the biggest manhunts in law enforcement. As spy planes orbited over search areas and soldiers and generations of FBI agents on the ground waded through snow, mud, and rain in the most remote forest in the nation looking for him. Some lawmen were so impressed with the cleverness and courage of the getaway, they hoped the hijacker was never caught. If he took the trouble to plan this thing out so thoroughly, well, good luck to him, one sheriff said after the jump. You can't help but admire the guy, another federal agent on the first search team said. Cooper's crime transcended crime. In one jump, the hijacker was able to make the good guys root for the bad guys. So who was he? And why did he do it? And what happened to him? <laughs>